Hello and welcome to episode 217 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The feature race on the first day of Glorious Goodwood is the Two Mile Goodwood Cup. Today we speak to Aidan O'Brien as he discusses the chances of his filly Emily Dickinson in this Group 1 race. The Group 2 Lennox Stakes and the Vintage Stakes also feature on Tuesday's opening day card. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews all of Days 1 Glorious Goodwood action. Well, Bill, it's that time of the year again. We've got Glorious Goodwood coming up from Tuesday all the way through until Saturday. We'll talk about Day 1 on the Tuesday in a moment. Quick look back at the King George on Saturday. You liked Hookham. I liked Hookham. We thought we've put the mockers on Hookham. But what a race it was he delivered beating Westover in a in a real tussle at the end. King of Steel back in third. A, a day in the sunshine again for a horse that people just don't seem to estimate in the highest regard. But he certainly is a, a terrific horse to, to have, isn't he? No, he's a top-notcher and, and look, everything was right. He came on the back of a nice break, loved the rain, soft and ground. Um, the ground was a lot harder work than people kind of thought it would be on Saturday, particularly on the round course. And yeah, he was brilliant. Got the job done. Um, real good tussle with Westover. And uh, yeah, it was the older horses came out on top. Yeah, you said the older horses would win. It's got a great run from King of Steel, who probably needs 10 furlongs now, looking back, mile and a quarter. It would seem to be his best distance, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he did nothing wrong, really. I mean, from the get-go, he was he was drawn close to the rails and got shuffled back. So, um, And they kind of slowed it down and then quickened up again it was a funny kind of race because lots of horses including august rodan just didn't run a race at all mm-hmm. um uh emily upjohn didn't run her race but actually you know king of steel ran the cracker and and you know he he, he was running on late I, I thought his stamina would give away but he didn't he didn't seem to be stopping and um yeah no he's he's he looks like the, the best middle distance three-year-old there is and he was he was very very good yeah hook and what's the star brilliant performance from him actually sent a text to Owen Burroughs after the race. I sent a text to Angus Gold as well, because we've had them both on the podcast. And I'll, I'll tell you, Owen Burroughs replied with a thank you very much within 10 minutes of winning the King George. To me, incredible. And Angus Gold replied yeah. next day saying, Chris, thank you so much. It means an awful lot to us. Is total gentleman and the whole outfit of Shadwell. Just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, no, they were. They Owen Burroughs had an amazing day because he obviously Alf Layla won, um, just what early on the card and and with 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 the limited artillery he's got, he's he doesn't doesn't have to do a good job, Owen Burroughs, and uh, he he thoroughly deserves it. And yeah, it was um, he's a very very exciting prospect. How come still? I mean, soft ground arc. Who knows? You know exactly. People saying he needs heavy. Clearly, doesn't need any. Heavy, he just acts on heavy as well. Uh, so that was terrific. We enjoyed the King George very much. We thought we might. And tipping the winner, well done to you. You did that certainly very nicely indeed. And at a decent price as well. He actually drifted on the day. Another Shadwell drifter on the day. Did happen the week- weekend before, of course. Now, Glorious Goodwood, Tuesday it all starts. We've got rain in the air. We've got little bits of rain hitting Goodwood. We were just talking before we came on. It's a microclimate at Goodwood, isn't it? The clerk, of the course, is Ed Arkell these days. I remember 
going there a few years ago when Seamus Buckley, who'd been clerk of the course for many years there, was in charge. And and you know, you can look at the weather at Chichester and it means nothing at all to the weather at Goodwood Racecourse because it's just totally different. But you would expect it's gonna be what soft, maybe on the good to soft side if they if they don't get too much rain. Yeah, it's 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 one of those tricky ones. Everyone this time last week was talking about a, definitely a soft ground Goodwood and it's gonna be, you know, almost heavy and there's rain every day. But you know, they've they've kind of produced a going description on Sunday morning that was um, good to soft, good in places uh, with, you know, rain around, but they've had a couple of meals as we speak and we're recording this on Sunday. Um, there's a wet day Tuesday. I- I'm working on the basis of good to soft or softer on the first day. I think yeah. it will be naturally soft, a bit like Ascot was. I think it'll just be a bit softer than they think it's going to be. I think it'll mm-hmm. just ride softer. I yeah. mean, they've had... Yeah, the best part, nearly 40 mils in seven days. It's It sits in there and, you know, it's not warm weather. Um, I, I, I think if you you go for horses that handle softish ground, you'll be okay. I'd, I'd be windy about the fast ground horses, put it that way, at least for the first day. Now, Whirlpool, they were in town in Ascot for the King George and a massive success with a really big turn up for the Whirlpool market on Saturday at Ascot. And the first three days of Glorious Goodwood, it's Whirlpool once again. And, and that really opens up the betting markets with the, the unique appeal that they offer. Yeah, it, it's 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 British racing being showcased to the rest of the world. And that's why regular kind of Goodwood fans will look at the card this year and think, well, it's a bit strange. Eight races and the order seems to have changed. We don't kick off with that mile order handicap like we used to, kicking off with the five furlong sprint and... Uh, all eight races are on um, on uh, being fed to the whirlpool, and yeah, ITV are kind of taking the four races in the middle. We think because of the football women's World Cup. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's it's a slightly unusual Goodwood, um, but quality racing and like you say, loads of liquidity. So trying to we'll try and find some of those Cronellas in 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 all these um, whirlpool races. Yeah, we'll have a look at the the major races in depth. We'll hear from Aidan O'Brien. He was in a press conference the other day I spoke to him about Emily Dickinson who goes in the the cup on the the first day so we'll hear from Aiden on this episode of the podcast let's have a whiz through then the eight races we'll start with the 140 as you say it's the five furlong coral handicap with 15 and and we know these horses really well the likes of Razzle Mick Appleby's got a couple in the race vintage Clarets Richard Farhey's in there Uh, we've got Novello who won that uh, dash at Epsom, of course. Haven't seen him since the dash, but he's got William Buick on board uh, this time around. Andrea Adsani won at Epsom. Lord Rutherford in there. Clarendon House, Alligator Alley, all the regulars in the five furlong dash to get us going at Glorious Goodwill on Tuesday, Bill. Yeah, the, the, the five furlong coral handicap might well be renamed the Lord Rutherford coral handicap soon. He's won the last two runnings of this. Uh, it just seems to... Don't know what it is about Goodwood in July for this horse. He just seems to bring his A game here. Back in in twenty one, um, he won the race. King of Stars won a favourite for the race in twenty one, but the rain came and the soft ground and and mm. couldn't beat Lord Riddiford that day. And then he came back twelve months ago um, and did the same again. Beat Dusky Lord on good ground. Um, that mutt was off a mark of eighty seven. Uh, the previous year was off a mark of eighty eight, and here he is off a mark of eighty four. It's been in ter- terrible form, but 
doesn't seem to affect him. He was in bad form 12 months ago when he came into this race and he suddenly got the job done. So um, he missed his engagement at, at um, uh, back in the beginning of, the, of, of July at Chelmsford and d- don't really know the reason why, but um, he's he's hasn't shown much in two runs at York and Epsom, um, but be- beaten five and a half lengths behind a fellow in the dash the last time we saw him. But to be honest, you know, he was beaten four and a half lengths at Doncaster in his prep race for this race 12 months ago. Um, sometimes when it's soft, first race, fresh ground, wouldn't mind being drawn up against the standside rail. He's 15 of 15, so he's got the slot. In, he'll need a run in behind a wall of horses, but Andrea Atzini will ride him. Hong Kong bound Andrea Atzini will ride him in a bit of cover, and I think he's probably the way to play it. Um, in terms of playing the the race itself, I, looking at the prices now, I would be very keen on taking 10 to 1. Lord Ridderford, always nine to one. The tens have just gone, but um, he's nine to one in uh, Bet365 and and Skybet and eight to one with William Hill and Betfred. Um, I think that's fair enough. I, th- I can see him starting a lot shorter. Um, I think he would be the main play. Um, I'm convinced that number four, Existent, will run well. Um, I fancied him a bit in the last at Ascot on Saturday, and he sat in the stalls and counted a ten and then decided to go. Um, but they're having another go here. And they put pieces on for the first time, which I think is really interesting. He's off a mark of 100 for Stuart Williams. Um, he showed in his previous handicap bow, a long, first run in handicap for a long time, he was fifth in that valuable Ascot handicap back in earlier in July. Um, he's very effective off a of, of mark of 100. Uh, won't mind the rains off the ground. Didn't run terribly in, in um, a much better race in the... In the um, uh, at the meeting 12 months ago, he was behind Cardem in the King George <laughs> group two there. Um, Razzle was just touched off a neck in that, but um, this fellow ran really well. So I'd probably include Razzle in the in the exotics and the Cronellas with Lord Ridderford. So two Razzle, 15 Lord Ridderford, and I'd shove number four existent in as well. And from a kind of sports but fixed odds point of view, I'd play Lord Ridderford uh, each way at nines. I'd have a few quidditch right existent at 18s or 20s, um, just because I think he could hit the frame or, or better. Course form so important at Goodwood. And uh, Lord Ridderford's sire, Zebedee, he won the Malcolm at Goodwood as well. So that you can see where he gets it from the genes from dad, loves the track, as uh, Zebedee yeah. did uh, back in the day, Richard Hannon and Richard Hughes combining on that little fast machine that he was. Julie Woodhorse, I think it wasn't. It, it was. It was a Julie Woodhorse. Yeah, yeah. I was just uh, going to say, yeah, absolutely. Back in the day, very compact little horse. She's she's just a fly at the finish and he's one speed all the way. Just brilliant little horse to to, to own and that she did. Right, two fifteen is six furlongs. It's a maiden for the two year olds. Again, not on ITV. This one, there were fourteen of them, and um, well, they're going nine to four array. Uh, is the best prize I can see for Andrew Balding and Sheen Murphy in the Judmont Collars, second on his debuts by No Nay Never. A Union Island in there for Charlie Johnson, who'll be looking for a big, glorious Goodwood, as his father always used to do over the years. A big family week as they all come down and do their own things down there. Dorney Lake goes for the Gosdens, the Godolphin. Fusterlandia's had four runs, one of the most experienced in the field. Now with Dominic French Davis, Kevin Stark, of course, because it's Ammo and others in there. But two-year-olds uh, th- this time of the year at Goodwood, they either hate the track, love the track. We really don't know, do we? Uh, a tricky 
uh, made in this. And um, history books tells you that you probably want one that's had a run. I think the last four uh, winners of this have all had a run. Um, so the newcomers are slightly up against it. It's not to say they can't do it, but they're a little bit more up against it than um, you might think. Uh, all eyes on a Ray here. Uh, really nicely bred. Uh, Andrew Balding Horse. He's a half-brother to some good winners like Maximal. Um, he's a half-brother to that. And he made a pretty pleasing start to life at Newbury earlier in the month uh, where he was a good second. Uh, knew his job pretty well. He's going to build on that. He'll step forward. He'll probably take a fair bit of beating in this, um, but he'll be priced up accordingly. He's he's kind of nine to four at the time of recording. Seems about fair. He looks the obvious one for Oshie Murphy. Um, as for the others, you know, Mark Johnson goes well at this meeting. His Union Island, admittedly at a <clears throat> lower grade, um, starts off life with a good second. Um, Dawny Lakes, a newcomer for the Gosden team. We haven't seen many of them. They've been a bit behind. Um, so it's wide open. I, I think Array, I think we'll keep it simple. I think Array's the one to beat here. I'll probably choose some bigger price ones to play in the Quinella. I'll go for those that haven't um, or have had race, race course experience. Um, I thought Alaskan Gold will step forward for Carl Burke and Duroc for Eve Johnson Horson. They're both around 11 or 12 to 1. Um, number two and number seven, I'd play them with number three, Array and a Quinella. Um, but look, it's a maiden at Goodwood. It's not easy, but that's probably the way I'd play that race. Eve Johnson Horton had a really bad spell, but she did have a winner at Ascot on Saturday. So she came off mm. the cold list and what, and what a way to do it. Uh, so that's uh, she's back with some winners in the stable, which will be good, of course, for the horses and, and the confidence of the yard as well. Okay, ITV starting at 2.50. On Tuesday, Glorious Goodwood with the mile and a quarter Coral Chesterfield Cup handicap. 16 of them here, so another big field. Um, it seems that Millibos was going to be one of the favourites here for William Haggis, Tom Marquand. They don't see the form figures stacking up so much for that. Maybe you can tell me why in a moment. Lord Protector goes for Rafe Beckett, who was a winner at Sandown over 10 furlongs. Uh, on the 8th of July. Eagles way for Sir Mark Prescott, who ran up a series of wins, four wins in a row, before just getting beaten at Yarmouth into second. I think Case Corriston likes a bit of cut in the ground. David Manuzia got Will Buick on board on that one, and lots of others in there too. Mullabos, um, first of all, will he be favourite, and, and why? Yeah, he he, he will be favourite, and, you know, he he... he... There's, there's a fair bit of talent there under the engine and he's been gelded back in January on his second run uh, for his new stable, the Haggis team, having been trained in France. And it was a big step forward um, from his first run for the team on the all-weather at Lingfield back in November. And he was seventh in the very valuable uh, John Smith handicap behind Pride of America. He was very warm in the anti-post markets for that race and very cold on the day. Um, he kind of took took a bit of a drift out to fifteen to two, um, but it was a fair run. Uh, first time of asking, uh, he's very effective on soft ground, and when you say the form doesn't stack up, it doesn't stack up of late. But the back catalogue, mm -hmm. if you fill back to June a couple of years ago, he was third, beating a length and a quarter to St Mark's Basilica in the French Derby. He had Seal away in front of him, and he had some pretty good ones in behind, and. If he ran within ten pounds of that, he'll win this. <laughs> and uh, I suppose that's why he's warm in the market because people just know that if he needed that run, which the market suggested he might have done, yeah. he could be a blot off ninety-seven. 
because mm. you know you're running to levels of you know 115 120 when you're third in classics like that and and you know he's he's running here off a mark of 97 um but you're forgiving a lot and for me there ain't that much juice in the price um he's been well found in the market i think six to one coral is the best price at the time of recording i imagine he'll probably go shorter to be honest you can see him being a good kind of nine to two four to one chance and he won't be far away um and again we'll see what the ground does but all the rain won't bother him so um he's rock solid as is as is eagle's way but you know I, there's enough reasons to not go there and i I'd probably go my main selection here will probably be haunted dream ed dunlop has his team in good order um he's quite effective when he goes forward um he um he he was pretty forward uh, uh, in the john smith cup last time where he had um Millen boss behind him um from tracks trap six and um he kind of led three out but he he was always prominent and you know whether he truly saw out a mile two and a half i'm not i'm, I'm not too too sure he seemed to stop pretty quick <laughs> but this trip he's, he's one over a mile and three in the past this trip the extra half furlong um or the the, 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 the the fact there isn't an extra half furlong will will play to his strength. He's drawn one. He can go four for Danny Muscat. He's in great form. As I said, Ed Dunlop has his horses in good form. Um, he's running off a couple of pound higher mark than he was at York. That doesn't bother me too much. I think he's rock solid. He's a double figure price. You can get 11, 12 to one. I think he's just bound to run his race. Um, I quite like being out of trouble at Goodwood. Uh, I think it's a nice place to be up front. And the fact that he should hold a position and stay out of the crap, hopefully, um, will play to his strengths. Look, there's loads of... It's very, very competitive, this race, as you'd imagine it would be. Um, Ancient Rome's an interesting horse having his first run for Charlie Hills, having left Andre Farb. You know, he's another one with great back catalogue of... Of, of you know he's, he was beaten ahead in a group one Ancient Rome, if you're the criterion when, when Angle Blur beat him. Um but he just totally lost his way. He's been woeful. He was pretty poor last time at Shanti, and that was that was a couple of weeks ago. So um, I'm not sure even Charlie Hills uh, can get the magic wand out to change his fortunes around so quick. Um, so we'll give him a miss. Um, but um, yeah, I, I would play Haunted Dream as my main kind of selection. I play him um, each way at kind of nine to one, but from a kind of Whirlpool, Quinella, exotic um perspective i definitely play haunted dream i would probably put millie bosk in there because i think there is a chance um that he could be the handicap plot and the final one i put in would be Motosab, um a horse with you know back catalogue of, of form was third in this race 12 months ago when it was the opening race of the meeting that was off a mark of 95 he's five pounds uh lower at the weight um so he's got his his good form he's got some soft ground form um when Owen Burroughs traded him he was he was second on soft soft ground at Nottingham um and um you know the ground was horrible over a mile and a half at Donny when he didn't run so well in the November handicap or the, on that card not the actual um yeah November handicap but he's uh behind Israel he's he's a horse that um I just think a uh, mile and two he's getting well handicapped now um, was close up at York back in May um, off the 95, and here we are, five pounds lower, stable back in form, I thought, for Harry Redknapp. I thought Moktasab would run well. So um, I'd probably play the pair of them, Moktasab uh, and Haunted Dream, uh, both each way, 
um, nines, tens, elevens, the kind of combined package of those, whatever price you can get those two, and then probably throw them in with Milliboss from a Whirlpool perspective. The uh, fourth race at Glorious Goodwood on Tuesday comes at 3.25 over seven furlongs. It is the Vintage Stakes. It's a group two, and there are nine of them. You tipped up Hartem a couple of weeks ago in the July Cup day when he ran second to City of Troy. He looked mighty impressive at Newmarket. That was uh, over seven furlongs there. Sean Levy for Richard Hannon combining. Charlie Hills uh, might not need to wave his magic wand on his horse, Iberian, because it's one it's only start so far. That was at Newbury, over six and a half on good ground. Aidan O'Brien brings over Mountain Bear. I spoke to Aidan in the week on a press conference, and we say he didn't mention Mountain Bear as anything to uh, really shake a stick at. So I'm not so sure that that is probably the, the best of the two-year-olds, that they don't seem to have many great two-year-olds this year. The horse has won a race but that was at the Cora in June, but was beaten in July. Thunder Blue goes for Ammo Racing. Another two-year-old race for you to look at, Bill. Yeah, good one. And um, your favourite time recording is Iberian for Charlie Hills, um, who was super impressive on on debut. A, a nice um, kind of son of Lope de Vega, um, who you'd imagine will be fine on the ground, um, even though they pulled him out of the July meeting because the ground was good to soft. But he was very impressive at Newbury on his debut. Um, if you watch a replay of that one, he, he won in the style of a really good two-year-old. Just he looked professional, um, strong at the finish, um, did everything effortlessly. Um, look, I think I think he's probably a very smart two-year-old. It's just second run now, uh, right up in grade, um, on a track that's oh so different in terms of balance and distribution of weight and on ground that's a lot softer than he made his debut on. So, um, look, if he was 7-8-1, to one, you'd be all over him. He's just favourite. He's favourite because Charlie Hills loves him and people know the regard he's in which he's held. Um, and he meets an old favourite here in Hartem. And, you know, Hartem is, you know, four to one with William Hill. He's a horse who um, has had, this will be a sixth run of the campaign. And he's danced every dance. This is a horse that we were on at Epsom um, when he was third in the woodcut. And he completely fluffed his line, missed the break, had no right to get as close as he did to Bobsleigh. And was, you know, not only missed the break, was denied a run at a key time, sneaked up the inside. Um, did it in the style of a really, really good two-year-old um, who I kind of wanted to keep on side. Mm. Uh, he then went to Ascot where he wasn't beaten far. We put him up again, to be honest, um, at 40 to 1 when he was in the Coventry Stakes and he just missed the places. There were four places on offer and obviously like all good each way bets, he came fifth. But he ran really well there. He held his own behind River Tiber and got within two and three quarter lengths and last time we kind of put him up as the value against City of Troy. Um, yes, he was beaten six and a half lengths and he might just be a very good freaky two-year-old. He beat the good ones. You know, he beat... Um, Odyssey and Great Truth and and, and the likes. Um, it was the only one to go near City of Troy. And if City of Troy is a freak, you have to look at a race like the Superlative and turn around and think, actually, look, Hartem's won it by three and a quarter lengths. He's beaten Odyssey. Mm. You know, it's a very smart performance in its own right. Um, he's got plenty of experience. He's got ability to handle rain softened ground. Um, he made his debut at Goodwood on good to soft ground. 
um, where he was went down as an eye catcher over five furlongs, but would have been far too short a trip for him. Uh, he's got form around Epsom, so the undulations will be no problem. The rain softened ground will be no problem. The trip is fine. He looked really good at Newmarket over seven. Stable are in great, great form. Um, they had a really impressive two-year-old winner. But Ascot in Brazilian on in the in the Padedri listed race on, on Saturday. Yeah. And you know, he's probably the best of theirs, but this fellow won't be far away. And I just thought he was the value at force. I think he'll be um he'll just he might have he might have a bit too much savviness, but he might be a bit too streetwise for Iberian. I think they're the they're the two. There's other ones in there, like you say. Thunder Blue, I'm not sure he's crying out for the trip. Mountain Bear doesn't look a world beater. Um he looks an afterthought they had another one in here that was pulled that was actually Antipo's favourite for the race um, whose name escapes me for the moment but uh, they pulled him out and Mountain Bear is a bit of a box filler I fear I don't think he's as good as the rest of them um, Gold Mine will be popular for Frankie de Tori. Um from a Quinella perspective I might be tempted to put a horse like Witness Stand in now Witness Stand the form doesn't look amazing for Tom Clover um, but he's just the kind of horse that will go under the radar in the Whirlpool market Um he won a kind of Chester Maiden. The form doesn't stack up to much, but he won it as easy as you like. Um, saw the trip out really well. Looked well balanced. It wasn't lightning ground. Um, Tom Clover's a smart up-and-coming trainer. He just might slough the, the horse might just go under the radar here. I thought I'd probably play Heart M for the win. I think four to one is a big price with Hills. And I'd probably play Cornella with Iberian because I think they'll probably finish one and two. But I wouldn't be surprised if a horse like Witness Stand stuck his neck out and maybe separated the pair. So I'll play those three in a Cornella, but the main fancy will be Heart M. Heart M in the 3.25. At four o'clock, seven furlong, it's the Whirlpool Lennox Stakes. The group two on the card with nine runners and a couple of horses that have been in really top company in Group 1 company, dropping down to Group 2 here today. Kin Ross uh, for Mark Chan, the owner. Rafe Beckett, Frankie the Tory. He was third behind Shaquille in the July Cup just a couple of weeks ago over the uh, six-furlong trip. Previously ran uh, five lengths behind Cardem in the Group 1 Jubilee at uh, Royal Ascot and uh, was a winner in October in the, the Champions Sprint Stakes of the Group 1, uh, when the, the ground was good to soft. Just like a bit of cut, Kinross, going to be popular. But Isaac Shelby looks of interest here for Brian Meehan. Just behind Mahaba Yasanafi, easy for me to say, that was a long shot on very soft going over a mile and then got within five and a half lengths of Paddington when running in the St. James Palace in the Group 1 in Royal Ascot. And uh, comes here... Brian Meehan and Sean Levy, Wathnan Racing. They seem to be uh, getting a few more runners these days. They're buying a few established horses, and uh, they're doing pretty well. They've got uh, other runners at Glorious Gobble this week. Alsa Hale's in there, so to audience. Pogo loves seven furlongs, as we know. Jumbie's in this race as well. Uh, but is it a bit of a battle? Kin Ross and Isaac Shelby both having chances to to really get their, their name in front on the group two. Yeah, they look the obvious too. Um, Kim Ross was unlucky in this race 12 months ago. Should have won. Um, you get that at Goodwood. It's one of those tracks. We haven't really mentioned it so far on the podcast, but it's one of those tracks where you need everything to drop right. And, you know, for those not 
not regulars to horse racing, I often describe it as, you know, running through a rush hour train, trying not to bump into someone. <laughs> and that's the problem with the finishes at Goodwood is that if you pick a gap and you go for it, if someone else goes for the same gap, that's probably the end of your race. Yeah. And that's what kind of happened to Kim Ross 12 months ago. Um, he's an exceptional horse. He's improved again. I think after, after that race, you know, he went on and won at uh, Donny and he won at York and obviously went off uh, and won over on Champions Day, won the sprint over six furlongs there. Uh, and then remarkably ran on fast ground in the Breeders' Cup mile and was only just touched off by modern game. So, um, look, he's come back this season. He was he was um, okay on very fast ground at Ascot over six furlongs on his first start. Um, he stepped up again when he was third to Shaquille. Flattened out a bit late. I thought he'd run a bit better that in the July Cup, but, you know, he, he, he couldn't reel Shaquille in. And... You know, he's just getting better, and this will be start to be his time of year. He's being peaked, this horse, uh, for an autumn campaign. Um, I know they're thinking about going to places like Hong Kong. So he's not going to be fully wound up yet. So you can kind of expect a better Kinross now. Um, the market knows that too, and he's kind of best priced 13 to 8. I think he's very likely to win. Um I think his biggest danger will be Isaac Shelby. Again, the market knows that horse that's very effective on softest ground if the rain comes, like Kim Ross. Um, I think seven furlongs is perfect for him. Uh, just at this time of year, um, I normally prefer the older horses against the younger horses as I made a case out for the King George. <clears throat> but the three-year-old won it last year in Sandrine. Um, and that was the first three-year-old in about 10 years, I think. Who, who'd won this race, not that many try. Um, but Isaac Shelby is in receipt of, I think it's six pounds. And it's not a massive chunk of weight. And I'd probably fancy Kim Ross to win this. Um, but I think Isaac Shelby will be will be a big threat to him. He's 11 to 2 with William Hill, Isaac Shelby. Um, he's a prominent racer, as he showed in... Um, Longchamp, he was just reeled in 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 late. He was a bit unlucky at Ascot behind Paddington, but um, I think they'll go forward with him, maybe stay out of trouble. Um, I expect him to run really well, but I think Kim Ross might have too much zip for him. Um, and I'll go Kim Ross as the win selection with I, Isaac Shelby um, just a bit frustrated and mugged late on. Um, and I thought, oh, it's not very original, it's not very exciting, but I think they are head and shoulders above these and I think they'll finish first and second yeah just look that way doesn't it in the, that group two now the group one on day one at Glorious Goodwood is at 4.35 so a bit later than usual and it's the Al Shakab Goodwood Cup it's run over two miles of course with 11 going to post we'll get Bill's thoughts on the likes of the unbeaten Courage Mon Ami for Frankie the Tory Coltrane who I know he's always got a good word for for Andrew Balding's yard, Elder Elderoff's in there for Roger Varian and Giovalotto, Marco Botti. Could be a good price at 10 to 1 each way for a horse that came out and won really nicely when he won the, the Yorkshire Cup, the Group 2 at uh, York back in May. Broom is in this one as well. One of two runners for Aidan O'Brien. As I mentioned, we spoke to Aidan O'Brien on a Zoom conference call and we spoke about Emily Dickinson and the fact that. She had a couple of options to run at Glorious Goodwood, and in the end, they decided to go for the Goodwood Cup over two miles. 
since it's upgraded to Group One, it's been brilliant. Um, it's it's a very prestigious race. Um, very prestigious to have runners in Goodwood. Um, very unique race. Uh, obviously, two miles on on Goodwood track is very different. Um, and uh, it's it's a difficult race to win, but uh, we always uh, try and and uh, have a horse that's good enough to win it. But it's a difficult race to win. Ryan was very happy with her, and he felt that she won very easy. You've decided to go down the the two mile route with her for the. For the Goodwood Cup, the, the Group One, uh, she won over that distance in the past, and she won really nicely at the Curra last time out. With, with the ground being on the possible softest side, it, was, was that the easy option for you to go down there? I think so. Uh, yeah, but like as we know, soft ground really improves her. Uh, mm. She's fine on the other ground and and uh, handles it and, and all that. But she does grow another leg on soft ground, makes her very different, really, uh, and can, comes out of races very well. So her run at, at Ascot, good to firm, over a longer trip, we can really put a line to that. Although she wasn't beaten too far, that wasn't her true showing then? No, I think so. I think not. But that's what she does. No matter what kind of ground you run her in, she runs well. But when you run her on ground with an ease in it, like she, she really um, shows the difference between her and the rest of the horses, really. Well, there he is, Aidan O'Brien, Emily Dickinson. She loves the soft ground. She grows an extra leg when she's got the soft ground. And, uh, of course, uh, that seemed to work at the Curra. She won the Group 2 International Curra Cup by three lengths. over was slightly shorter trip. Two and a half miles in the Gold Cup at uh, Royal Ascot on good to firm. Didn't suit, although she didn't run badly, as Aidan said. But he's expecting a lot more from her at Glorious Goodwood this year. How did you see this race? Is Courage Mon Ami, you know, obviously, looks really good. He's won all four of his races so far. And Frankie for the Gossens, it's going to be a popular choice, both on track and, and with some of the, the punters that know what they're talking about as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's a good race, actually. I mean, normally they're kind of supporting staying races over the course of the season, like the Cooper Cups and the Yorkshire Cups. They can turn into, particularly with Stradivarius in recent years, pretty kind of one-sided affairs. But this is a really good, wide-open, you know, 11 runners could could kind of betting heat here uh, and when you throw in the threat of soft ground um it kind of gives it that uncertain thing because in Courage Mon Ami you have the new star on the staying block who hasn't encountered ground with the word soft in it yet mm. um hasn't actually encountered good ground it's always been fast stuff uh one at Goodwood so the track will hold no problems here back in May um and one at Ascot obviously where he, he was all about stamina to to wear Coltrane down. Um, unbelievable run that. He's four from four. He's super talented. Imagine how being the streetwise enough in your fourth ever start to win an Ascot Gold Cup, go through the pain barrier and wear down Coltrane. So we know he's super, super talented. He's got a mark of 118 um, on ratings. He's, he's, you know, the best of these, him and Broom. Um, but I suppose... It's just a ground thing, really. Uh, that's the only niggling concern. Is he going to be as effective on on the ground? Um, his mum, Crimson Ribbon, never actually raced on on soft ground, so it's hard to hard to to take um, much from that. But you know, when you go through the family and um, you know, Purple Ribbon, the relative never ran on soft ground, so they always kind of avoided it. So it's definitely a question mark if it was to get really soft, but. If it's good to soft, it might should he might be okay. Um, it's just a bit short for me. Look, if he wins, he wins. He's got the Frankie factor. It's a short two to one. That feels a bit too short for me. Um, Coltrane's as tough as old boots. You know he'll run his race. 
Um, he's battling out for favoritism. He's five to two, 11 to four. Wherever Courage Malami is, Coltrane will be on his shoulder. Um, those two take out all, all the kind of, all the juice and the prices go to go to, uh, with those guys. And there, there's probably just a, a better bet elsewhere. And, and I think that bet probably is Emily Dickinson. She ran far better at Ascot than I thought she would, if truth be told. Um, she wasn't beaten an enormous um, distance. I didn't think she'd stay. Um, she did on ground that was far too quick for her. Um, she ran a gutsy race and then um, went and won a, against Boom Race back at the car over a mile and six, but did it all quite easy. Um, two miles soft ground should be bang up her street. And look, she's a four-year-old Phillies on the fast up, improving. She's got a bit to find on on the Colts, but she gets three pounds. And I just thought 13 to two was a fair price um, with Hills. I, I thought that's the way I'd play the race. I think she's going to be bang there. Look, if she's not good enough to wear down Courage Monami or Coltrane, then fair enough. But I think she's the bet for me at 13 to two. Um, Eldor Eldoroff didn't appear to stay at Ascot. Um, this will be more up his street. Um, stable are getting going now. Um, he's pretty effective, Elder Elderoff, but his first time to Goodwood got to put a disappointment behind him and didn't run great on rain, softened ground. Um, and Ascot on Champions Day that's a little alarm bell for me. Um, but you know, you, you can't discount him, he'll, he'll he'll run his race, but wouldn't be for me. Giovanotto's got to step up a bit. Quickthorn's useful, we'll go from the front. Um, I think I probably. Of the outsiders, of one that I could see running well, I could see Lone Eagle going well, 25 to one shot. Uh, ran far better at Ascot than the finishing position suggests, just the petrol gauge ran out, didn't see out two and a half miles, but previously finished second to Hamish on a mile and, mile and five and a half at Chester. Um, got some gears, very effective on soft ground. Had a bit more time with Rafe Beckett now to so you can get to understand the horse. Um, I thought Lone Eagle was going to probably go forward and outrun his odds at 25. So I will play two at big, biggest prices, Emily Dickinson each way, 13 to 2. I'd probably have a unit each way on Lone Eagle at 25s, and I'd probably chuck them in a bit of a quinella with Courage Monami, just because he might be the class horse in the race, but that's how I play the race. Two more races that are not on TV on Tuesday. At 5.05, it's the Coral Phillies Handicap, over a mile, maximum field of 20 expected. The likes of Roaye for Owen Boas and Jim Crowley, who's going for a hat-trick of wins, having won the races in May and June at Beverly and Sandown. Takes on Stormy Sea and the James Wigan colours for Sir Michael Stout and Ryan Moore. Good gracious for William Haggis. Bridestones is in there for John and Thady Gosden in Godolphin. And Expresso for Charlie Johnston. Goes with Joe Fanning on board. Probably going to be making the running that one. This one looks very tricky. Three-year-old fillies uh, up against uh, older horses. Are, are they up to anything? And we see the Colts weren't on King George Day. And the fillies are a little bit better, although it is a handicap. Yeah, difficult difficult race here because there's, there's so many things to factor here. The, the ground, the draw. You know, Raway has got to do it from Trap 18. Um, was a non-runner because the ground was too soft at Newbury last time. I'm not sure they'll take their chance if it gets really wet. Even though uh, she did manage to win at Beverly, uh, she looked good at Sandown last time. She's bred to be, she's by Jabawi. Um, she's bred to be decent, but I'm not sure she's screaming out for rain-softened ground. Stormy Sea was disappointing last time at York. 
Uh, ground was probably too quick that day, and um, the return to easy conditions will probably help that filly. Um, she's she's definitely of interest around the 13 to 2 mark. Um, and then the Haggers is running a good one there. That good gracious, um, particularly if the rain comes. Um, she looked totally different. Uh, with blinkers on for the first time at Ascot last time, um, where the penny well and truly dropped. Um, combination of blinkers and race off the ground definitely helped her. Um, she's up a bit. She's had a whack in the weight. She's up to a mark of 87, but um, she won't be a million miles away. Uh, also drawn wide and th- doesn't make life easy. Um, I thought this was a horrible betting race. Um, finger in the air stuff. Back door from Trap 5 for Carl Burke is a real big prize, this backseat. There are 16 to 1 available. Um, this is probably a bit of a wild stab in the dark, but she she was pretty good at Newbury two starts back um, and found so much traffic problems last time. It was just it was too bad to be true. Just if, you want, if you want to see the definition of unlucky, watch, watch her run at Sandown last time. Now, she's got to step up. She's five pounds higher at the weights. Um, but she's on the 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 upgrade. Um, she's by Lope de Vega, so the ground should be okay. Um, she's probably going to. This is going to be a race full of traffic problems. Um, hopefully, she will get her, her the luck she needs. Um, but I would probably keep it simple. I'd probably just play her um, win and place or each way at sixteen to one. I think she's a fair bet. I think she'll run well. And I'd probably just chuck them in the Quinella there with with good gracious, um, because I think she's on the upgrade. And Stormy C, I'd probably play the three of them. Um, but the main fancy would be back CDR to run well at a big price. We're expecting 13 runners in the finale on Tuesday. 5.35, the six furlong. Whirlpool British EBF Phillies handicap from 0 to 95, three-year-old plus. And Kitai will be popular for Charlie Johnston and Joe Fanning. She's won her last two. Carl Allen Ponty over six and seven, uh, and she's one on the soft as well. That's going to be uh, a good positive point. Funny story goes for Rafe Beckett. He won on good to firm at Nottingham, daughter of Havana Gray. Uh, the Queen has a runner with the King together, of course. Candle of Hope for Richard Hughes and David Egan. Then we've got Crazy Luck in there for Rod Millman and a few others as well. And what looks like a really tricky end of hard race over six furlongs bill yeah this is mark johnson always was the last uh so it's easy this this is this is this is this is easy this is kitai he's not he's not training anymore though he, he's given up yeah 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 it's, <laughs> it's charlie now that's the only negative <laughs> no, joking. uh listen Kit, kitai is fast improving she won at carlisle back in june off a mark of 80 went up got a whack of five pounds but did it all quite well at pontefract next time just just one in the style of a really progressive filly um she's been whacked up another seven pounds but that wouldn't have stopped her i guarantee you when she won at pontefract two three weeks ago they thought to give her a bit of a break and try and win two races at glorious goodwill with her <laughs> i guess that's she's just got that written over her. um she's got a nice draw in the middle of the pack joe fanning knows what he's doing around here it's not a particularly hot renewal i didn't think um no. obviously the dangers on paper look to be funny story of raves and candle of hope of richard hughes's but kit i think is a really fast progressing Philly, who I think can win this. She's five to two, eleven to four. I think it's the best price you can get. I can see there being plenty of money for her. Um, regards, ground. 
look, she's she she was a soft ground winner at Carlisle, like you said. That's a big plus. She seems to go on any surface. She's got form on good to firm and form on on, on soft. Um, she's just got her act together now, and look, I think she's will justify a price tag. You know, they paid 150 grand for her a couple of years ago, and she's the penny has just started to drop. And uh, yeah, I think she she'll she'll win this, and I think probably five to eleven to four is a fair bet from a Cronella point of view. Um, a bit boring, I think. The danger is likely to be funny story, so I would definitely have funny story in there. Um, that's you know she's sure to run a good good race, and um, I thought the the booking of Ocean Murphy on um, Crazy Luck for Rob Millman was interesting and that'll probably be the last one I put in for Quinella purposes but yeah Kitai for the win and in a Quinella with funny story and Crazy Luck Thanks Bill and good luck with those whirlpool tips for day one Tuesday at Glorious Goodwood we'll be back again tomorrow Looking forward to Wednesday's action. And once again, we'll be hearing from the maestro trainer himself, Aidan O'Brien, as he talks to us about Paddington. So make sure you join us for that interview on Wednesday's edition of Glorious Goodwood 2023. Don't forget you can also visit the City AM website for the latest news and horse racing tips. And you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Bye for now.